love. Well, it's Thursday just before lunchtime, and of course, that means our regular date with our resident vet, uh, Dr. David Gething. And uh, David's on the line. David, how are you? Yeah, good boy, James. How are you doing? Doing fine, thank you, sir. And uh, I guess we'll dive straight in. And uh, I guess that the topic that we're talking about today is it comes from my side because I have um, two dogs, as I've mentioned previously on the air. And one of them, a couple of weeks ago, um, actually almost a month ago now, I guess, had a, you know, quite a bad eye injury, um, which apparently is an eye ulcer. And, uh, you know, I looked at the eye and it was sort of in the middle of the eye. It was um, almost concave, you know, pushed pushed in, and the eye had gone cloudy, and I went, and I panicked, you know, and of course rushed to the vet um, to took to to, uh, to see what could be done, and uh, you know, I was really worried. You know, eye injuries are, to me it seems quite a serious thing, right? Uh, Paul, look, I mean, first thing I'll ask you is, is he okay now? Did the eye get better or how's it going? Yes, I think on the mend now. Um, we've had three weeks of, uh, I guess, a whole lot of different anti- antibiotic drops six times a day and some wow. some kind of cream that has to be put on the eye as well, which is very difficult to put on. Um, and a couple look, of... Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely good news. I was going to say to you that, I mean, I guess just for the distance I'm saying, and I also... Um, it's actually a really nasty thing. Eye ulcers when the front of the, or when part of the eye, the surface of the eye gets sort of scratched off or burnt off by, by putting chemicals in the eye or something like that. But you lose the, like the, the, the clear little layer on top of the eye and, and leave a bit of a hole in the eye. Mm. Um, incredibly, I've actually had an ulcer myself. Feels really, really itchy, but then also really painful as soon as you touch your eye. So, of course, the problem Horrible. is that as soon as a, yeah, and as soon as a dog or cat gets one, they can't help themselves but just scratch at it and make it worse. Well, luckily, and, and I've also had one of these as well, actually only a, a few months ago, um, and it is really painful. Luckily, my dog, you know, the vet said, oh, you must put the collar on. But actually, I don't know, my, for some reason, my dog doesn't really scratch very much, but um, which is really good, you know, because, of course, um, he didn't really scratch it. But nevertheless, you know, the eye looks so cloudy, and uh, and you know, the vet puts this kind of luminous green stuff in the eye. I think it's to show up, you know, what's going on in the eye or something, but it makes it look, you know, terrible. You know, it looks like the this, eyes. This is like our moment of remember that TV show was called CSI, where they use the forensic science, and this is like CSI in your vet clinic. You use a special dichlorofluorescein, where you put a little drop in the eye, and any ulcers stay up, very, very bright, glow in the dark kind of color. It looks, it definitely makes an impression on people when you show them their their dog's eye ulcer. Um, <laughs> it really does, and and this and this 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 ulcer is about oh, I guess about six or seven millimeters across. You know, in a, in a small dog, it's quite a big thing. Yeah, I mean, the poor little guy probably feels pretty uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, and really, so the inflama- the cloudiness you're seeing there is actually inflammation inside the eye. What what happens is as soon as you get this top layer being damaged, the eye gets inflamed. That causes it to go cloudy, um, which causes more pain and discomfort if the eye is inflamed. Mm. Um, but the real, the real big danger, the reason the vet gave you sort of all these drops and, and lotions put on, is once it starts, it's at really high risk of infection. Um, and mm. if it gets infected, it can burn, well, it can unfortunately burn the whole way through the front layer of the eye and and and, and the worst could happen the dog could actually lose their sight if you're not careful mm. um, yeah i mean when i took the dog in first of all the vet said oh you know we might even have to do surgery and i was thinking surgery on a tiny little eye like this i mean oh goodness yeah look i mean it's definitely that's that's to be honest that's our worst case scenario and we would do it for a dog who needs it i reckon i'd probably 
get away in 98% of ulcers without doing any kind of surgery, just using drops and medicine and, and, and so forth. Mm. Um, and and normally, I mean, the good thing about the eye is that if you point things in the right direction, eyes can actually heal really quickly. Um, so as, as long as you're doing the drops, you're doing the treatment, and I know it's a rather a trick in itself to get eye drops in a dog six times a day. Um, but if you can do that, actually they tend in most cases to get better. Mm, mm. Well, luckily my dog's quite docile, so I got used to having so many eye drops after a while. It is all oh, oh, that yeah. again, that again. Right. Try, try doing it with a cat, and you'll have another experience. <laughs> cats are not so happy about it, and, and cats are a funny one because cats actually get ulcers as well, quite commonly. Two most common animals I see these in are, are cats, uh, and cats get them because they tend to get eye infections, recurrent eye infections. And also see them in dogs, especially, uh, you know, flat-faced breeds like bulldogs and pugs and things because they tend to run into things and bump their eyes and cause ulcers. Those, those are our two biggest causes, infection and, and trauma. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing about this is that we couldn't really work out what had caused this ulcer. You know, um, you know, I had sort of theories, well, maybe, you know, my dog runs into a bush or something, there's a stick and it goes in his eye or something. But that was as, that was as good as I, I could get. I mean, typically, you know, Eye injuries in pets of, of all kinds, how do they occur? So I guess the, the three common ways, number one is, is as you say, trauma, like you've been, you've either run into something or you've run into a bush or you've been scratched by the neighborhood cat or something like that. Um, and, and that was what they cause an ulcer. The second thing that happens is animals getting stuff in their eyes. Like, you know, you're giving a dog a bath and you get shampoo in his eye and it causes irritation, it causes it a burning. Mm. Uh, that's a pretty common way. Last way is you get a really, really bad eye infection. Um, really nasty eye infection that can cause an ulcer as well. Mm, mm. Oh, um, and what would cause that? What, so to get an, to get a, an eye infection, what what would happen to get that? Yes, there's a couple of kinds. I mean, one kind that people hear about all the time is, is conjunctivitis, and conjunctivitis. Conjunctivitis basically just means irritation of part of your eye, um, the conjunctiva. But normally, people say conjunctivitis, they think of bacterial infection of the eye. And, a common way to get this is to rub your eyes, or I guess if you're a dog, you you, know, you put your paw in your eye and, and scratch it and put bacteria in there. Cats really commonly get a bug called cat flu, which is a viral disease, um, and that can come back. And you, you hear this story from owners, so they've got a cat, and every every six months the cat gets a bit of a sneeze and one of his eyes goes winky. And it's always the same eye that gets a bit winky and, and, and um, bleary, and that's actually a recurrent viral infection. Um, and, you know, it, are cats as um, susceptible to, to these kind of things as dogs are? Or are, they, are, are dogs less susceptible? How does it, how does it work? <laughs> dogs, dogs always get into more mischief from what I see. <laughs> so I see dogs all the time getting into trouble. Um, you know, they're just rubbing their face where it shouldn't go and, and, and whatnot. So I do see lots more ulcers in dogs. Cat ulcers can be quite difficult to treat just because people find cats quite hard to hold and put eye drops into compared to dogs. But um, I guess cats do get these viral infections. But I guess if I had to do a tally, I'd say more often in, in dogs than cats. The other one I see with dogs that sort of makes ulcers worse is quite often, well, in some breeds, especially terriers and cock spaniels, they can't make enough tears. They have very dry eyes. And so the eye doesn't properly wash and lubricate, and that leads you much more prone to infections or damage or, or whatever like that as well. Mm, gotcha. I, I mean, sight in animals, in dogs and cats, 
what, how does it compare to human sight? You know, I've, I've heard people say, well, you know, dogs see slightly different things from us. You know, even I think I've heard people say that they see in black and white. And, you know, you see things like, well, dogs can, some dogs appear to be able to see things on a TV screen, for instance, and some dogs appear not to be able to see things on a TV screen. Um, how, how different is eyesight in animals? Fantastic question, actually. It's a really interesting one. Dogs and cats have optimized their eyesight to see in low light conditions because they sort of hunt in dawn and dusk. Mm. Dogs and cats are much better at the, the two types of uh, visual cells in our eyes. One's called rods, and that does black and white vision, and the other's called cones, and that does uh, color vision. The rods are much better, the black and white ones are much better in low light conditions, and also much better sort of watching movement and so forth. So, dogs and cats have got many, many more of these. They don't have as many of the color ones. They do have some, but dogs are red-green colorblind, so they can't see the difference between red and green. Also, their resolution is just not as good as people. So people have clearer vision, but we're not as good at seeing at night as dogs are or cats are. Mm. Um, so that, that answers the first part of your question. The second part of your question is actually a really interesting one, um, and I have no idea how they do the studies that tell these things, but apparently dogs and cats have a faster what you might call refresh rate in their eye, how fast they can refresh the image and see. And I think that's for watching and detecting for movement. Um, and so the older TVs, like the you know the cathode ray tube TVs, mm. had a slower refresh rate. And so the dogs can see the flickering and they don't like it so much. If you have one of the newer fancier, like LED or, or whatever TVs, they have a much faster refresh rate, about 100 hertz. And so the dog can watch that picture fine. Interesting. So the, the, the moral of the story is, if you want to keep your dog happy watching TV, go and buy a new fancy new fancy tv don't keep your old one <laughs> well of course you know one of the things that uh, was mooted a few years ago i'm not sure whether it's still around but uh in certain parts of the world there was a thing called dog tv and yes the, yes and the concept this is brilliant yeah the concept was this was entertainment for your for your dog and you, you know if you had a bored dog you would leave the tv on when you went out and uh, there would be lots of images of i don't know other dogs or something on the screen and it would keep them entertained for hours I, I have gone around to people's houses to do house calls and I've seen the dog at home. You know, the owners are out at work and the helpers are home with the dog and the dog is sitting there watching dog TV. So I've seen this happen in real life. Can't you imagine the, the boardroom meeting where some guy was trying to pitch this to his big boss to have a new TV channel just for dogs um, and somehow got approved. I don't, so I don't know if you ever watched this, but I, 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 I couldn't help myself. And I was fascinated for a while. I sat and watched it with, with the dog. Um, and it's mainly sort of watching another dog going running in the forest or watching a, a mm. rabbit run around the screen. And, mm. and then it's sort of – they also have cat TV. Um, cat TVs were different, and cat TV is more sort of sparkly images and, and you know, ringing bells and this kind of stuff, whereas the dog was more action going out and having fun. <laughs> uh, but I, I would love to see that. Oh, I'd also never mind the board meeting. I'd also love to see like the, the the show approval meeting where they had a whole lot of dogs in this kind of you know focus group. They all watching TV <laughs> what for what works, works and what doesn't. What do you want exactly, to, what do you want exactly. To watch, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but look, it, 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 I, I got to say, give him credit. This, the dog that I was with was spellbound by this TV, yeah. and he was he was quite occupied. So there you go. But you saw. Sort of, I mean, you sort of wonder whether, it, in fact, it would affect the stress level though, and it could affect it in the wrong way because you know if they see something they want to chase and they can't chase it that could be quite stressful well this, this is true i mean i guess it's, it's not quite the same thing but mm. along the same lines um some of the things that we think sort of dogs enjoy or cats enjoy like having a bell on their collar apparently these days having a bell on your collar is not thought of as at all good for welfare because apparently it really stresses the dog or the cat out um and yeah. so some of the things that we think uh, dogs are enjoying 
like maybe seeing another dog in their house on the TV, maybe actually it's really upsetting them. Um, but I got to tell you, this, this 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 house I went to, this person had it. They worked long, long hours. They'd fully set this house up for their dog. Mm. Not only do they have the dog TV, they also had like a remote control tennis ball launcher. Um, oh. And the guy could sit in his office and press a button on his computer, and it would sort of throw a tennis ball at home for the dog, and the dog would chase after it. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure quite whether this is something I should be promoting or telling people this is not a good idea. But but the dog loved it. He'd sit there, and the, the owner was going to come on the TV on Skype, and he'd throw a ball for the dog, and the ball and the dog would run after it, and then he'd, he'd yeah, so yeah, it was kind of cool to play with his dog remotely. <laughs> oh, funny. Well, we got off the eye injuries uh, uh, track a little <laughs> bit there, but interesting stuff. Um, but we're just back on the on on eyes for a second. Um, another thing that the vet mentioned to me um, that my dog's um, production of tears was possibly drying up, and that dry <laughs> eyes was likely to be a. a problem. My dog's seven and could get worse. Is, is that a common thing? <laughs> Ah, uh, interesting. Okay, so this is what I was mentioning before, that some of these cases are associated with dry eyes. So your, yeah. your guy was in that situation. Um, yeah, I actually see it quite a lot. And and what tends to happen is as dogs get older, certainly in some breeds, it seems like the tear glands don't work quite as well anymore. Um, we actually test for this by putting a small little uh, marker m- marker strip in the eye, which also looks quite sort of strange. We've never seen it done before. It doesn't hurt or anything. Mm. Um, and, 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 and quite commonly, especially if I'm seeing a dog who's getting ulcers regularly, um, this is a factor. If you don't have enough tears, obviously you can't, you know, tears are kind of like the washing liquid for your eyes. If you can't wash the dust and the bacteria and the dirt out, it'll build up and you get ulcers. Right. Um, so that, that's, that's one fairly big risk factor. Now, if you do have this, it's actually really treatable and there's some, some, some drops you can put in the eye to stimulate the tear glands to work again. And it's... I mean, nothing else. I think about these poor little guys, and if you imagine if you had really dry eyes, it must be really uncomfortable to go around. So it's certainly worth not treating. I mean, is that something caused by, I don't know, living in air conditioning or something like that? Because, you know, obviously in in nature, they wouldn't have the ability to suddenly, oh, can can you just put some drops in for me? (laughs) Um, Well, you're right. I mean, I'm environmental, but I also wonder a little bit breed-related because I see this much more in... Oh, I mean, much more common in Cocker Spaniels, more common in some of the small terriers. Mm. Um, so it seems quite prone in some breeds that you see. And I, I think this is just genetic, that their tear glands don't work quite as well as, as other breeds. Um, so, yeah, I guess in that way, it is a bit of a curse in a modern age, but more because we're breeding dogs with this in them rather than environmental. I mean, the vet said, well, you'll have to put eye drops in. And I said, well, how long have I got to put eye drops in? Well, for the rest of, your, rest of the dog's life. I was like, really? That's quite a commitment, That could right? be true. That could, I, won't say, I won't say they're wrong there. But what I'd say is the drops are only normally once or twice a day at most, which I know is still a lot. But yeah. I, I'd say to you, the drops don't just lubricate the eye. They actually make the glands work better again in most cases. And I'd say to you, if the, if the counter-argument was you having itchy, dry, annoying eyes all day, it's worth it, right? It's it's worth it to do it for him. Um, mm. I know it's lifelong. There's no cure for it. Um, but it's, most people sort of seem to get with the program as far as, you know, you give the dog breakfast in the morning, you give him an eye drop, and then you go to work, and it's it's, it's not so bad. Um, mm. And is there a... Talk about, mm, go on, sorry. Go sorry on. I was, was going to talk about genetic conditions. I, I saw another little dog last week, lovely dog, 
similar kind of thing, but this guy, um, his eyelids actually were rolling in a little bit and the eyelashes were rubbing on the surface of the eyes. That's another genetic thing we see in some breeds called entropion. Mm. Um, and that's also going to be really, really itchy where the dog sort of, every time he blinks, his eyelashes are rubbing on his eyes backwards and forwards. Uh, and for this little guy, we're actually going to do a little surgery to sort of what you might consider a doggy facelift mm. to lift his, because he's got all wrinkles mm. and folds and we need to lift his, lift his, lift his face up a little bit. Mm, yeah, well, it's quite a quite a big thing for a dog, I suppose, to have a, a facelift. But uh, interesting stuff, anyway. I mean, uh, obviously, something we all worry about as uh, as pet owners. And uh, interesting to hear some detail about it. Uh, brilliant. Just one quick one quick sentence to say: if your dog's eyes are shut or teary, or he's rubbing at them a lot, go see your vet. That's what those are the danger signs. Absolutely, yeah, good advice. And uh, David, as ever, interesting to get some insight into that. Thank you very much. We'll speak to you again next Thursday. Yeah. Thanks, bye. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.